D. P. P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! For the first time since game four of these playoffs, the Montreal Canadiens looked like how we thought the Montreal Canadiens would look. And we let them off the hook. And we let them off the hook. Don't forget, they lost. Uh, they got demolished by Vegas in their first game. I think it was 4-1. That's true. No That's true. Fine. But this is 5-1. It's different. Yeah. yeah bigger. It's different. Numbers much <laughs> Completely bigger. different. Huge. <laughs> um, so, like, what did we say about that? Is, did Tampa Bay just beat Tampa Bay? Oh, they certainly beat Tampa Bay. But I don't, I don't think the beatdown was as pronounced as it was on the scoreboard. Um, although the third period... Tampa yeah. did seem to find another gear and go, all right, that's enough of this nonsense. Because after the 2 nothing lead, Montreal gets one, and I thought they mounted some pressure. There was that, like, Shea Weber par- partial break. How did they get a two-on-one with the two guys with busted hands? Brendan Gallagher to Shea Weber. I don't get it. <laughs> um, but it's true. <laughs> ow, like, ow, 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 ow. I know. Ow. <laughs> it's like the worst possible two-on-one that team could have had. Um, but they got it. It was a scoring chance, and, and they come pretty close to tying it. And Tampa just said, nope. Nope, that's enough. From the moment the puck dropped in that game, it it's nothing against Montreal. It's just everything we said last episode. They have not played a team this good. Yeah, and, well, and, and pretty tough to play a team as good as Tampa. Like, of course. Yeah. One enough. team as good as Tampa. They're the reigning champions. They're literally yeah. the team to I, beat. I thought I thought through the first seven or eight minutes, it was pretty like back and forth even. The shots were even. Uh, Montreal looked like they had some good forechecking pressure. Although, I mean, listen, the, the balance was in, in the favor of, of Tampa. But what I thought was interesting was the body language after that first goal went in. And it was, there was, it, like, because you felt like Montreal to that point was really in it. And then as soon as that goal goes in, they shoot a couple Montreal players' faces. And it did seem, they seemed like, oh, no. Because you know they're going to have trouble scoring goals already. They know that. What, but, was there a player in particular? I don't remember specifically. No, because I, you know, I have a terrible memory with that sort of thing. Because there was for me. Okay, please. Carey Price. Interesting. Cernak got that goal, and it was just like he just sort of stood there. He did that like uh, Maggie Simpson in a snowsuit, uh, just uh, starfish thing. And he was just sort of, you could tell there was a moment where he's like, oh, the Leafs didn't do that shit. <laughs> the Jets didn't do that. Vegas didn't even do that. Like, it's it, it was Palat taking a hit to make a play and Cernak off the rush. Like, like you talk about all the guys you're worried about scoring on you. Like, Cernak's probably not at the top of the list when it comes to Tampa. I don't even know if he cracks the top 10. And he flies in there. Uh, I, they're a different team, man. That's a different mm-hmm. beast. I... Uh, Montreal showed enough in that first game, particularly in the first half, that you know they they proved they can hang. Boy, I don't know how you win four to seven against this bunch, yeah. <laughs> especially tough. when Tampa's at home. Because for me, on the ice, oh. the game was lost with the uh, with the line matching, especially with Toffoli oh. and Suzuki and Caulfield. Because the Palat, um, Point, and Kucherov line, there were three nothing in goals. Like yeah. they, they were the responsible for three goals against that specific line. And that's just great coaching on John Cooper's part. And Luke Richardson and cameraman Jeff Ducharme, when he comes back, they're going to struggle in any game <laughs> in Tampa just because mm-hmm. uh, John Cooper's going to send that line out each time as he did in game one against that other line. And if it's three nothing in the first game, like who knows how much of that's going to pile on through games two and then 
five and seven. You know, to that point, Jesse, the, I was wondering about the, um, the line matches when they get back to Montreal. By the way, it looks like from what I'm hearing, it's looking like they're going to get 10,000 people into Bell, uh, the Bell Center, which is cool. And um, full crowd tonight in Tampa. No restrictions on wow. any seats. Amazing. That's great. Progress. Um, I think, uh, I think with the, the thing is, is though, like if you're a Montreal head coach, and I'm not sure if it's Ducharme or Richardson at this point, what do you do even at home? Like you obviously line match somebody, but okay, so you line match Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. Then and look, then look, right? Look what else, yeah. you know? And that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a real challenge. I thought there was one player on Montreal that I thought had it going in the first at least, and 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 obviously scored a goal was Josh Anderson, like yep. that. He was good. I Although I mean, everybody was making a big deal about all the hits that he threw. Like three out of five threw him right out of the play. Like completely made him absolutely like they're even showing it at the intermission. Like, look at all the hits he's throwing. I'm like, yes, but the puck is three lines away. I'm not sure that's not adding value, but he did have the attitude, the force, the, you saw how tall he was. There's when Josh Anderson's on, you feel how big he is. He's like Eric Lindros, NHL 99. Just the the best thing he did physically was uh, the Habs only goal. He took mm. Mikhail Sergachev, who's not small, and he just went, my net. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. belongs to me now. And that has to be the Habs game plan for game two. They got to crash the net, and they got to move bodies. Ben Chirot also, I thought, was great for the Canadians. He had a, oh, yeah. he had a post-it, and then it was his slapper that was the, the goal for the Canadians there off the, uh, off the bounce. And he had a couple of nice hits. Like, crushed. definitely looked good. Got to be smarter, uh, smarter against Nikita Kucherov when Nikita's selling a call, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, uh, that was that butt end fake to this. I mean, Nikita had a couple, but the one where it looked like Sherrod hit him right in the face, and, and you he see went the down. Play after it was like, whoosh, yeah, missed him. Did you see that, Steve? Uh, man, you know I missed. I know a lot. you were on the stream. <laughs> I know. So I, the uh, first, the first penalty the Canadians took was Sherrod, right? And there was the he had pushed Nikita Kucherov, and Kucherov sort of ducked down and was like, hit me right here. And then didn't, and then Sherrod didn't even hit him, but Kucherov went down, down as though he had, and it was a, I mean, it was a good sales pitch. It was, it was, but Sherrod, he whiffed, like he he didn't hit him at all. He did Kucherov went down. It was, yeah. Well, nothing, nothing gets by Habs fans. So let's see if I can find it on Twitter here. Yeah, Um, it's actually spectacular. Uh, If if you were, if you're a Habs fan and you had Kucherov on your team and he did that to another team, you'd be thrilled. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a good. It's a good move. Well, and then and then the slash from Weber, which absolutely was a penalty, and then later became a fine, uh, doesn't get called. So maybe right. maybe even on that yeah. front. Yeah, there's your makeup call from the refs because so they don't got, do makeup. No, calls. Jesse, you can't call it that, or they get kicked out. <laughs> right? You, you can't we retire them also, if they do that. Gallagher's head getting smashed into the ice. Oh, like, hey, some- maybe you should leave the game for a little bit. You're, you got your head smashed into solid ice. I couldn't believe he got up. Okay, so so here's my question. Did he get, was there concussion protocol enacted at that point? He was on the bench the whole time as yeah. far as I know. On the bench or... So that's, that's the thing for me. Like, of course the player's going to stay. If you're the player, you're going to stay. But the NHL is not going to, his no, head Adam, just hit it's, the ice. It's the Stanley Cup finals. Concussions don't matter. It's you not. 
It seemed odd. Does it not seem odd to you? Yeah, it was sketchy as hell in the moment because even even initially when he was on the ground, I didn't think he was going to get up. He he was all he was all like keeled over, and then the ref comes over to him, and then he gets up on his own power. I'm skating over the bench, and like well, at and- that moment, you probably you take away that power from him and you send him off to a room. So it's Gallagher fighting with mm-hmm. Mikhail Sergachev. Mm-hmm. Who got the penalty? Who was involved a lot, by the way? Oh yeah, who who uh, got the penalty? Somebody on Tampa who was completely out of the play. Blake Coleman yeah. for removing Gallagher's helmet. The judo flip was fine. <laughs> the judo flip is totally fine. Face washing is fine. You can't take the guy's helmet off, bro. Yeah, that's wrong. No, which I which I do agree. But the re- <laughs> it's just funny to me that they were like, "Listen, what caused this was the lack of helmet." I I think what's <laughs> I think what's interesting though is it's one of the most black and white calls you can make as a ref. That is an instant penalty. Adam, and it, best it, officials it, in the world. Best oh, officials in the world, okay. buddy. Okay. All best right. We'll talk about that press conference. I know. But like, of, I mean, I'll give the refs this. There is so much gray area in the NHL for calling penalties and what you should call and what you shouldn't call and how the game changes from, from regular season to playoffs. The helmet off penalty is an easy one. It's like puck over glass. It's an automatic. I, I, I know what to do there. That's easy. There's a penalty. Done. The whole rule book is gray area. Like Except for slashing doesn't exist in nah. some instances. You can't. You can cross check guys in certain areas of the ice, but you can't in the others. You, you can, know, hooking you only applies when it's push egregious. Down. Push like, down. You, you know what has ruined hockey? Not ruined hockey for me, but I notice it all the time, and it bothers me. And now it's going to bother you. Is apparently you're not allowed to shove a guy offside. So, like, let's say there's a guy straddling the line, and players shove him so that he's offside sorry you gotta leave him yeah you gotta leave well i mean i suppose you could make contact well no if he doesn't have the puck no you bloody can't (laughs) and what you certainly can't do is shove him offside you're not allowed to do that and i see it every game (laughs) every game now several times a game never seen that penalty called in my entire life i'm starting to think i was lied to and it's just fine you're allowed to do it it's just fine i've never seen it called Never see, or there's a lot of, ooh, ooh, ooh. you know, you like sort of stumble into a guy and, oh, I didn't mean to, I stumbled on that. We'd play a sport on ice and I just knocked him offside. Yeah. Sorry about that. Man. Sorry about that. Are well, the picks also illegal? Like you're not allowed to set like a pick for yeah, a that's guy. Interference. Yeah, interference. it's interference, right? But the guys set imaginary picks all the time where you just kind of skate around somebody and it cuts off your, the defender. That was, um, that was a big thing in the 2019 series Leafs Bruins. Chara used to very not subtly do that and then lay a hit. So like, that's just a hit guys. Like you, it's a late, it's interference is what it is. And eventually they called it and we were all like, there's no way the least fuck this up. And then they did, but you know what? For a while, it looked pretty good. It looked for a while. It looked pretty good. You are, you're there's again, no one's asking you to completely rewrite the sport. We're just asking you to call the really bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot so, of really so stuff. do we? I, I, here's the thing, and and I, I I can we can base this on nothing at all, except for game one, I guess, because uh, we have to move very quickly today with uh, with all the topics ahead of us. Um, what do you see tonight, guys? More tighter. of the same. Habs come out tighter. What is it? The no, Habs are usually great in game two. That's where they usually they usually I think uh, I think it was Anderson who said in his post game they they usually watch game one and they usually fall behind because of that and then game two they come out and they play a lot harder so I think I think you see a really tight game tonight but I'm still gonna take Tampa. 
yeah, Tampa, man, the one thing you saw the Montreal's penalty kill had not seen a beast like Tampa's power play. God, they just cut through defenses like butter mm-hmm. with, with their passes. Um, I still think it's, it's Tampa's game to lose. It's Tampa's series to lose. You're going to have a hell of a time beating them at home, but it's going to be way, way, way tighter. I think from both teams, I, I thought the Habs got a lot of, got a lot of chances, probably more than John Cooper would have preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tampa, Tampa just got way too many. It seemed like every save price made was amazing. I think the Habs got to get one, and I think they're and I, I said they're going seven, but I think they got to get one, and I think they're going to get it. They got to get it tonight. If they don't, we're looking at a sweep. Like I feel I, like you you get you let Tampa get rolling, you're in trouble. Huge, huge, huge trouble. To steal a line from Adam Wild, if if they win tonight, if Tampa wins tonight, it's over. <laughs> I I think it, I think it is. I honestly, it's they just looked that much better. That's all. That's all I got to say. Could be wrong. Now uh, let's move on because we got a lot to get to. Steve, did you want to say something about Braden Point quickly, or do we want to move on? Ah, uh, yes. No. Okay. So I had a mini rant that I was going to do on Twitter and decided uh, better of it. So the Tampa Bay Lightning. They get Braden points because they're geniuses, geniuses that they did not pass on five foot ten, 183 pound, dirty lying Braden point. You're neither of those things. And his draft year, he was probably much smaller than that. Maybe that's what he is now. Tampa Bay Lightning, such a good drafting team, right? They're so yes. good. They're so, so good. So smart. In 2014, their seventh rounder has not played in the NHL. They had a sixth rounder, has not played in the NHL. Their fourth rounder was a guy named Ben Thomas. He played five games this season. Those are his only NHL games. They had two second rounders. Jonathan McLeod, never heard of him, hasn't played in the NHL. Dominic Mason, Masson, I have heard of him, has never played in the NHL. Their first round pick from that year, 19th overall, Tony D'Angelo, who is Tony D'Angelo. And in the third round, 79th overall, Braden point they lucked into Braden point they fell ass backwards into Braden point they got Braden point despite themselves and I hate it the NHL allowed this to happen someone was eventually gonna pick them a broken clock is right twice a day and they nailed it on this one and I will never forgive the rest of the league never never they've done well finding guys in the late rounds but like even even 2015 right you get a guy like anthony sorelli third round again 72nd if tampa has a pick in the 70s oh they're gonna nail it they had two second rounders that year mitchell stevens 45 games matthew spencer hasn't played first third rounder that draft dennis yon hasn't played anthony friggin sorelli some guy i've never heard of followed by matthew joseph that's good and then nothing 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 i hate it I hate that the National Hockey League allowed Tampa Bay to luck into Braden Point. They did. I'm, I'm, I give them no credit. None. None. Braden Point, according to most bloggers, was a first-rounder. And they're like, okay. And they got him in the 79th. I'll never forgive the rest of the league for this. I'll never forgive them. Done. <laughs> did you like that? Well, in keeping with your happy mood, let's bring up Gary Bettman and Bill Daly. Um, now you see, this was a half an hour press conference 
of lawyer speak, which, okay. So we find out that, uh, that the Olympic schedule, they're not exactly thrilled about the fact that the Olympic games are going to be in Beijing. And, uh, we've got a worldwide pandemic and you can understand why they would think that. And I get that point. So the schedule, they asked, does the schedule include the Olympics? And at this point they said, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. I can see them not wanting to commit to that. They know. They know, but, but I could see them not wanting to commit publicly to that. Yeah. Here's where they got me. Okay. This is probably five or six questions in from the amazing and friend of the show, Katie Strang, mm-hmm. uh, from the athletic questions them and says, Hey guys, when did you find out about the Chicago Blackhawks allegations? And by the way, of the five questions, one of them's about the Olympics. The other ones are about the Blackhawks. I think it was six of the first seven. We're about the black. Do you have it, Jess? And CJ, by the way, uh, led off the conversation. So shout out the fourth member of the show who initially uh, started all the Blackhawks discussion. SDPN notable. (laughs) It's Uh, (laughs) true. So the uh, so Katie asks. So when did you find out? Where and when? And Bill and and Gary Bettman goes. Well, this seems like it's a question for Bill Daly. And to paraphrase Bill Daly, he goes. Well, I can't tell you when. All I can tell you was fairly recently. You couldn't have told and, me that there, Gare. And and uh, I can also tell you that it was the Blackhawks legal counsel. And that was it. That's all we know. So, so fairly recently has so to mean, what could fairly recently even mean? We don't know. That's the point. It has to mean before these filings were made, right? Because you have to give the other party the heads up. I believe mm-hmm. that you are filing this against them. Depending on what you're talking about, you could refer to 20 years ago as fairly recently. Yeah. You, yeah. you could refer to five years ago, three. What's the cutoff? I don't know. Yeah, if we're talking about human development, 20 years is fairly recently. It's fairly recently. You know how many like, like ancient civilization scientists are listening going, hell yes. That's, that's a good one. Now skip over all the hockey talk and get to history corner. Now. Talk about Mesopotamia. No, I, uh, I, I, I hated every answer they gave and deliciously, like if, if you had to encapsulate Bill Daly, like in a GIF, um, when they announced Mark Lazarus's name, he did what I did, but in reverse, mm-hmm. when I heard Mark Lazarus's name, I went, all right, that's a Chicago writer. They're going to continue grilling them on the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. And Bill Daly goes, all right, he's a Blackhawks writer. So I'm going to on camera go. <sighs> yeah, I, I got a lot of faith that they're going to handle this well, <laughs> that they're acting like a third grader getting assigned homework. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're going to handle this really well. Who, who doesn't trust Gary Bettman and Bill Daly? Come on. Come on now. National Hockey League, best hockey league in the world. Come on. They did. They were talking about, you know, all they did was name all the stuff that we did in the last episode. They're like, yeah, we've, uh, and that the Blackhawks retained something in Jenner, whatever the, uh, the law firm that we mentioned on the last episode. And they're, uh, they're a law firm. That's basically what they're like. And that's what they do. It's like, cool. Genuinely man. taxing individuals. <laughs> taxing. That's why they get paid what they get paid, though. Remember that. Yep. That's why they've been in power as long as they've been in power. Their job is to piss you off so that the owners don't piss you off. The owners have business interests elsewhere and they don't want to be in front of the camera. So they elect Gary Batman and they pay him at $8 million a year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would say they, they pay him just a, just a hair above William Nylander for, uh, for press conferences like that. And listen, 
8 million sounds great, but you wouldn't want to be Gary Bettman for 8 million bucks, would you? It's a shitty job. That's a shitty job. Imagine having to regularly call Eugene Melnick to calm him down. I don't think so. Not, not for me. Thank you very much. He's been doing it since the early 90s. Can't be that bad. Some people are meant to be. Uh, it ain't me. That'd be like somebody, listen, there's people that have been, that went to, you know, that actually signed up to be leaders of countries. Fuck that. Why would, who would anyone, who would ever want to do that? No. Terrible job. Um, so uh, anyway, long story short, I think this is what these guys do. I'm not totally surprised by it. Uh, but they did say something interesting about women's hockey. And this is something that, uh, we've talked about with Haley Salvian before. Um, basically that, you know, somebody said like, where, where are we at with that? Cause you had mentioned that you wanted to play a role in this. And Gary Bettman, to his credit, said, well, we'll play a role in as far as we're invited to play a role, right? But at the same time, and I think he correctly stated, it would be better if both sides got on the same page. Now, I, I'm curious about what's going on behind the scenes with the PWHPA and the NWHL. I wonder if either side feels like they've made progress. And if they do, then there's no reason for them to give up what they're doing. But if they feel like, hey, we're not making any progress here, I think we may see progress between both sides. And I don't imagine that the union between the two or the at least the agreement between the two is going to be perfect in the future. But I would say that, and I, I don't think it's hard to imagine why, that these two organizations somehow finding some common ground and then getting it started with the NHL is going to be the, the path forward. We just don't know what that looks like yet. Is that fair? There's going to be a day in the future where we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about how the NWHL and the PWHPA came together and they formed one league and there's going to be one league where all of the best uh, women's hockey players in the world play. That's going to be paid, the get, get paid a livable wage too, and they get paid a substantial amount more than a low a livable right. wage because that's what they deserve because they're going to be professional athletes going to be playing on the biggest stage and there's going to be one league where all of the best women's players play and we just have to get from now to that point because that's the inevitable conclusion for this whole thing and we're not there yet and clearly by Batman's uh, statement and his comments on it. Uh, it's not, it's not that maybe they're not close, but there's still work to be done, but that's, that's the end result of this whole thing. And we're just kind of waiting uh, for the two parties to come together and the right, right pieces to be in place for that world's for those worlds to collide. And that one great league to be made. The one thing the NHL has always maintained that is no matter what, they're not going to go n- compete with another women's hockey league, meaning that they're not going to start one when one already exists. That's what they've said. They could change, but that is what they've said in the past. And I, I, you could see why they don't want to go in. First off, it divides your market, right? You, can, you, divide, you subdivide a, a market. Hockey is a niche sport as it is. Women's hockey needs to be developed properly. And if you have competition in that arena, it can cause a lot of issues. Beyond that, you look like Goliath coming in and crushing David. Like you literally, it's like a steamroller. It's not, it's, they're not equal playing fields. And the NHL doesn't want to be seen to be crushing another league. So I'm, I'm curious with, with Bettman saying that, I'm not sure it changes anything, but it did make me wonder if there had been a, a fairly recent conversation between the three parties, the NHL, the PWHPA, and the NWHL. Maybe not directly with each other, but I'm curious if is the one thing I wanted to know is, has anybody sat at the table together yet? or sat on a Zoom call together yet just to see, is there anything common here? 
because I don't know for sure. Because we're we're because if there is, that's real progress. Yeah. I'm sure I, if you get them in the same room, I'm sure there's got to be something where we that there's enough there between all three that we can figure this out. I don't I don't know if uh, they've had something like really formal, like a summit or a, a barbecue meeting. Uh, I don't know if they've had anything like that, but publicly, like at least you know, sort of scouring Twitter and how everyone's interacting there does seem to be more friendliness between the two parties than, than there perhaps has ever been. And you'll always get, you know, people on, you know, the NWHL side or the PWHPA side who go, Oh, I have, I have friends over there and I have friends over here and we've always been friends and it's no problem. We're just doing it two different ways. And they can say that publicly, but I know what I've heard. I've know what I've seen. I know what I've read. I know. I, I, I just know Um, there has been animosity, but I, I thought, I thought the comment was interesting from Gary because uh, it seems like they're getting along better than they have in quite some time and it's progress. And I, and, and I wish that had been highlighted, but mm. it's not like, well, maybe he doesn't want to start anything and then no, have it go back. That's yeah. the thing. Right? That's the thing. So if it was a non-lawyer speaking, perhaps they would highlight the fact that, Hey, NWHL has taken some amazing strides. Uh, PWHPA both, you know, have uh, adapted during tough times and and have uh, you know bolstered a robust business model, and they're incredibly talented and this and that and that. But you know, uh, I hope they get along. That's all he can muster, unfortunately. Well, and maybe that's all he can concretely say. And maybe there's something high level. I just made me hopeful. Is that weird? No. I thought okay. Well, like. He's saying it, so that means he said it to them, which means everybody knows sort of what has to happen here. He was and asked. I, I just, yeah, I know. That was good. I thought uh, I thought the questions asked were very good at that now, press conference. As I as I I have to move us forward as quickly as I possibly can here. Uh, Jesse has um, Jesse has valiantly offered to to step forward as tribute, and he is going to explain to you why Mark andre Fleury got the Oscar in The Revenant. So, That's Jesse, true. can yeah. you explain your thoughts on Mark andre Fleury and his Vezina Trophy win this season announced yesterday? Well, last night, uh, there's probably only two stories that came out of the NHL Awards. Connor McDavid is the first unanimous Hart uh, Trophy winner since Wayne Gretzky. And then uh, Mark andre Fleury wins the Vezina over Andre Vasilevsky which, uh, as Adam referenced, is exactly like the Leo's, Leonardo DiCaprio's Revenant win uh, in the 2015 Oscars because it wasn't, it wasn't that he won for his best performance or that even he was the most deserving that year. Or but even the movie was good. The movie or even the movie good. was good, you know? Um, but it was more of a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah. And especially when we, uh, when we look at the stats this year, uh, the basic numbers, 31, 10, and 1. For Vasilevsky, 26 and 10 for Flurry. Uh, shutouts were 6 5 for Flurry. There you go. Uh, safe percentage, Flurry got it in 928, Vasilevsky 925. But if you look at the play, you look at uh, goal saved above average, which is essentially the war for goalie, goal, goalie goals, mm -hmm. uh, like how many goals you saved above the baseline of zero. Mm -hmm. uh, Vasilevsky was 20.96. Uh, Flurry was only a 20.12, 
And then if you go to like really bad starts, this is from Hockey Reference. They do an amazing job with these advanced oh. numbers. They have this little category. It's called really bad starts. It's when you got start a game and you finish with a save percentage below 850. Vasilevsky did it zero times this season. How many so, Flurry? Uh, Flurry had three starts. And by the way, Martin Jones led the league with 12. Oh, Maron. Yeah. My God, <laughs> so this guy. Cool. Martin Jones is bad. Um, uh, goalie, <laughs> goalie share points as well. That's number of points contributed by a goalie due to his play in goal. Vasilevsky was first in the league at 9.6. Flurry was fifth with eight. So the so numbers are, are very are close. You, are you saying that Vasilevsky has the edge? But he, the numbers are very close, and that's why Marc-Andre Fleury was able to get the Vesna this year. But the edge that was given to him was the fact that he's 36, he hasn't won a Vesna yet, and that when his, he walks into the Hall of Fame on his resume is going to be a Vesna trophy. We're running out of the number of years where Marc-Andre Fleury could win a Vesna. So in this year where it's so close, and the fact that uh, there's ways to justify his victory – the tie goes to the guy who's probably not going to be up for the award anytime soon again because his career is ending, and the 26-year-old as opposed to the 36-year-old loses out by a hair. So here's the question then. Are we going to give it to the best goalie, or are we going to give it to a guy who's played really well for a long time? So what does the NHL want to do? The award is voted on by the GMs. So that's, I feel like that's important in this uh, instance because it's not by the hockey writers or the coaches or anything. It's specifically the 31 GMs get the 31 votes for the award. And if I think if we're being honest in this conversation, I feel like they would lean to mo towards more the lifetime achievement award for the Vesna that would go to Flurry. And like it's it's very indicative of the voting for the uh, the All Star teams that came out last night too because Vasilevsky was voted to the first team All Star team. He was the starting goalie for the starting five there. And Marc-Andre Fleury was voted to the second team, all NHL team. And so, listen, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not too upset about this, but on, the only category Jesse mentioned there, the only category you mentioned that, that Marc-Andre Fleury had the edge was shutouts. Yeah, it was 6-5. That was the only one. Yeah. So and like save percentage, he was ahead by three percentage points. It was 928 and, to 925. And they're both on first place teams. So... Yeah. I, I think I found the problem. What's the problem? So uh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at the voting, the Vesna voting. Uh, Myrtle posted it. Okay. So uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five different goalies got a first place vote. Simeon Volamov got one. Uh, Connor Hellebuck got two. Mm -hmm. And Philip Grubauer got two. And Grubauer was nominated. Mm -hmm. I, I look at the points. Flurry had 108. Vasilevsky had 99. That's actually not that far apart. Mm -hmm. Flurry had 14 first place votes. Vasilevsky had 12. So that's pretty close too. Flurry had 11 second place votes. Vasilevsky had 12. That's pretty close. Flurry had five third place votes, and Vasilevsky's had uh, three. Hey, that's pretty close. Wait a minute. 12 plus plus. There were four GMs in the National Hockey League that did not have Andre Vasilevsky as a top three goalie in the NHL this year. I hope they're not running my team. Yeah. I sure as shit hope they're not running my team. There was one GM in the entire NHL who didn't have Flurry on their ballot. Assuming there were 31. I don't assume, I don't think Francis would have gotten a vote. There were 31 uh, votes. 31. So four general managers 
Yeah. Do not think Andre freaking Vasilevsky was a top three goalie in the NHL. That's scary. Okay, question. Do we know which ones? Like, I know Lou Lamorello was no. the one that gave Semyon Varlamov the, the first vote, place vote. Not that he didn't deserve it. He but was we good. know that. That was that's an no, I'm saying that, but that's an Islander self vote. So we we can we can knock that off the record. My question is, is, you know, like the Professional Hockey Writers Association, which posts who voted for what does the NHL post who voted for Vesna? No, No. we just have the numbers. We don't know which GM specifically voted. That would be really telling. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. UC Soros received eight votes. He, no first place. He had one second and get down, seven thirds. Get down to who got who's in number seven. And Mike Smith with two third place votes. That's an abomination. Like that should not Cowboy. happen. But <laughs> why, why is Mike Smith on the Vesna Trophy vote? Because he started the season nine and oh, Jesse. Uh, okay. That's why. That's why. <laughs> Uh, it was yeah. 6-0 or whatever the hell it was. It no. So Vasilevsky, he's already got one Vesna, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, he was robbed of a second one. And I feel like it just needs to be acknowledged that when Marc-Andre Fleury goes into the Hall of Fame, nobody's going to remember that the year he won his Vesna, he probably shouldn't have won it. But uh, Vasilevsky, your trophy is waiting for you in the future. And it's still, it's Jesse, it's not the worst Vesna of all time. What is that? Jose Taylor? I've brought it up more than once. I'm going to do it again. Every now and then, they just decide, you know what? We're bored of this guy winning all the time. Let's vote for someone else. 94, Dominic Hasek. 95, Dominic Hasek. 97, Dominic Hasek. 98, Dominic Hasek. 99, Dominic Hasek. Did you notice me skip a year? Yes. That's because in 1996, they decided to give it to Jim the Net Detective Carey, (laughs) who had a... 906 save percentage <laughs> and just a kind of good record on the Washington Capitol. He was 35, 24, and 9, which is good. Which it's is good. good. It's good. It's good. Not 40 wins. It's good. What? Dominic Hasek. Jim Jim Carey won a Vesna in a National Hockey League that had Dominic Hasek, Martin Brodeur. Patrick Waugh, Curtis Joseph. Are, are you are you serious? Ed Belfour. All five of those guys were playing and he won a Vesna during that time. It's the worst. It might be the single worst um, award ever awarded in the uh, National no, Hockey League. No, Jerome McGinley not getting the Hart Trophy in 04. So there was an argument for Theodore. Now, I don't know if these, these uh, you know what? We'd actually be able to find this out on Hockey Reference, but it might take too long to do it. It'll right. take too long. I, so I think Hockey Reference has the votes. Theodore had a very, very, very good season. Jerome McGinley had a very, very, very good season. But the allegation that I've heard many times uh, out Calgary way is there was a writer, allegedly a Montreal writer, who left McGinley off their ballot entirely. Oh, and that's why he lost. And okay, that's part of the reason. I, you've told that before. Probably part of the reason why we have writers who now have to put their results out there, right? Yeah, and you know, kudos, uh, Frank Saravalli. I think is the head of uh, the Pro Hockey Writers Association. And today he tweets. He's like, "Hey, here's here's the full. You can check out everyone's vote." Everyone's vote. And I, I appreciated Andrew Berkshire's tweet. Did you see that one? Well, okay. Yes, it was. What was Rob it? Rossi from that? The Athletic was talking about how there was an anti-Penguins bias. 
that, oh. that Crosby wasn't <laughs> going to win the heart. The show. <laughs> now, I don't know that Rob, I don't think Rob got a vote this year. Did he get a vote? I, I mean, every member of that organization puts it in their bio. Let me see. Let me see. Keep going. Keep- anyway, long story short, uh, the Hart Trophy voting, obviously unanimously McDavid, because of course it was. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Pittsburgh writers were on board with that. No one, no one can doubt that. By the way, I just want to remind you that Connor McDavid hasn't won the Hart Trophy against certain people in the past, and that's going to be a travesty. I put yeah. you back to- this should have been McDavid's third Hart Trophy. Instead, it was yes. only his second because he should have won the one that Drysaddle won. Because- and he should have won the one that Hall won. He should have won the uh, Calder that Panarin won. Yes, yes. I don't remember the Hall year. The Hall year was 2017, and the reason he didn't get it is New Jersey made the playoffs and the Edmonton Oilers didn't, and people used that as a legitimate argument as to why Connor McDavid was not the most valuable player to the Oilers. What a fucking joke that was. Rob Rossi. Cannon should have won that year, not McDavid. I think that's where my stance landed. I thought McKinnon, yeah, I, re- I remember that year. Yeah, I remember you guys that guys can eat me. Connor McDavid. <laughs> it was Rob McKinnon's Rossi, year. Rob Rossi is not just in the PHWA, but he is the Eastern Conference rep. So I'm going to assume that Rob Rossi did not give Sidney Crosby a first place vote for the heart. Nope. nope can you did. imagine? Okay. <laughs> if you want to commit to the bit, can you imagine? Can you oh, imagine man. how great it would be today if McDavid had 99 and Crosby had the one, and it was Rossi. Rob Rossi. You know what? I want to have him on to ask him why. I want to ask him why he didn't. Don't you want to ask him? I want to know. know. I think we know. Rob, also, Rob, did you fight Barry Trotz? Because we all remember that video, too. Remember you internalized uh, uh, hatred of Pittsburgh. You know, that's the problem, is that Pittsburgh just does not get enough attention. We do not talk enough about how talented the Penguins are and have not for the last 15 years. Per capita, Pittsburgh gets a ridiculous amount of attention. Yes, yes. For what is, quote unquote, a small market team, uh, a very successful, talented, incredible small market team. Sure. But they are a small market team in comparison to the rest of the teams in the NHL. Hey, listen, um, we got to move on. Uh, Matthews and McKinnon were two and three in hard voting, by the way. I was actually surprised to see Matthews above McKinnon, but good for him. Great, great accomplishment. It's going to be tough for Austin Matthews to win uh, anything in the Connor McDavid era. You got McKinnon, Drysidel for some reason. I think I'm still I'm still struggling with the Drysidel over McDavid stuff, but you got McKinnon, Drysidel, uh, McKinnon. That's good. Sorry, McKinnon, Drysidel, McDavid. You're going to have a tough time winning trophies, but good for him. Good for McKinnon at two and three. The other thing is, this is how mad Toronto fans are, and if you're not from Toronto, you don't understand the self-loathing. Yeah. Like every time we talk about this. Uh, people are like, yeah, at least suck. And we're like, we fucking know, man. We're mad about it too. We'd like to, we'd like them not to suck. Um, the Leafs have extremely talented pieces. Mitch Marner, first team all-star in any other year except for this one, that would be front page news. People are like, yeah, local boy. We have a local boy who's one of the top five players in the NHL. First team all-star. And then now, we have not, another guy. Not top five players in the NHL. He's he's That's, top top right winger because top right mean, winger. Good enough. You have two centers on the first close place. though, right? Close. Yeah. And then you got a centerman centering number two. So we got to we got you know because McDavid's at number one always and forever stapled to that first team All Star. Matthews at number two on the second team All Star. That's amazing. Two players from the same team. That's incredible. And no one cares. No one cares. Here's how jaded I am. Um, first team all-stars Vasilevsky and net Adam Fox, the Norris winner and, uh, Kale McCarr on D 
McDavid, Marner, Marchand on forward. Second team All-Stars, Marc-Andre Fleury, Victor Hedman, Dougie Hamilton, Austin Matthews, Miko Rantanen, Jonathan Huberdeau. The second team beats the first one. You think so? In a playoff series, fuck yeah. Yeah. Well. Absolutely. In a playoff series, you they absolutely do. They I absolutely do, 100%. I don't know. I'm taking 100% first, I put money on it. I'm taking McDavid, Marner, and, and Marchand. That's that's my theory. I'm taking. I think they probably have the edge in forwards, but that yeah. that defense that's that's tough. Adam Adam, I was ready on Monday before the award voting to come on here and talk about how Adam Fox got robbed for the Norris. I'm so happy he won that. Mm. More deser- I was afraid it was going to go to Hedman, uh, the way it went to Dowdy that one year. In the way that hey, it's the name attached to it, but Adam Fox well deserved for that Norris Trophy. It was awesome. Um, Adam Herman uh, had a good tweet uh, and, and he was basically saying like a lot of that vote had to do with pressure from Rangers Twitter like going hey Adam yeah. Fox yeah. take a look at this take a look at this and they hammered it every time he did something good and he did it long enough that they voted for him how upset great. are you if you're a Calgary Flames fan who've lost Adam Fox and Dougie Hamilton in consecutive years well Adam Fox wasn't Adam Fox for nothing yes Thought about that. The, the, could, the Adam Fox trade is low-key the worst move Was it since, a trade? since Sod for Panarin. It's the worst move since Sod for Panarin. Uh, the New York Rangers, Jeff Gordon announced today that the team has acquired defenseman Adam Fox from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for their own second-round pick in the 2019 <sighs> entry draft and a conditional third in 2021. But then there was the trade that sent him to Carolina. All right. Let's, um, Noah Hannafin and Elias Lindholm for Dougie Hamilton, Michael Ferland, and Adam Fox, who, who wouldn't sign there either, because he was in college and didn't want to sign there. Right? He wanted to go to New York. And that oh oh, you got you got a number one center out of that deal though, because Lindholm last year was their number one center, right? So I mean, if a chat? guy doesn't want to sign with you, it kind of is what it is. <sighs> it's shitty. Ooh, it's Ooh. What, I, the mistake to me was prior to that. Why didn't you want to sign here? Mm-hmm. Is it as simple as oh, I don't want to play in Calgary? <laughs> I mean, I hope not. It, you know, possibly could be. I mean, those those university guys, like yeah, that, that was one thing we should have maybe talked about a little bit more when we were having that uh, major junior discussion the other day. Is you just you have more agency. You're going to control your destiny a little better. Yeah. Let Zach Hyman is a leaf because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would sign in Florida. Wars? Remember yeah. when everyone's oh, bidding for uh, yeah. VC, Jimmy VC? Yeah. And then he didn't sign with the Leafs. Hey, Jimmy, we got you in Nashville. No, you don't. <laughs> and and where did he end up? The Rangers. Yeah. They always seem yeah. to get these kids. Well, I think, isn't Adam Fox a, isn't he a native New Yorker? Isn't he from there? Uh, let me look. I thought there was something to that. Maybe that was uh, Jericho, New York. Yeah, there it is. So he wanted to play in New York. So he's playing in New York and now he's won the Norris Trophy for the Rangers. I just think, man, I mean, Carolina, I think in that, in the Carolina trade with New York, I think they knew that they weren't going to be able to sign Adam Fox. So it's like, okay, we'll take this asset. We also get Dougie Hamilton. We're happy to see if we can get something for it. That's second, but, and third. Oof, Maron, that's real bad. <laughs> it's not great. 
I no, think I think through. I think the Calgary trade's better. At least you got something out of that. I guess. Also, but you lost. Okay, but you lost Hamilton and Fox in the same trade. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's pretty there's a conversation that we're gonna have on this podcast this summer about how the Hurricanes are screwing themselves with some of these players because they're they're apparently unwilling to shell out any money for these guys, and they could be losing a whole bunch of their uh, free, uh, UFAs this year just because they're unwilling well, to pay them. Apparently, Martinook's dad was on Facebook saying, "My kid's done here." Yeah, and I was like, "Ooh, that that's a, a big bold one. statement," but I. I know that they're from what we've heard, Svechnikov was at least offered was it eight years at seven and a half? Mm-hmm. So at and least he's an RFA. Won. So they yes. have some control there. Yeah. But I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens in Carolina. We're gonna have to I I think they're one of the most fascinating franchises in the whole sport. They have this Easily. crazy fan fan base that you know, for years and years and years, people are like, oh, how are we gonna get people to Carolina? How are we gonna get people at the games? Then then they win a cup. Then it's like you know, Cam, the Cam Ward years where you're like, oh, boy, we're just mediocre. We're going to keep signing Cam Ward. And the then, post-cup Cam Ward years. <laughs> but the Tom Dunning years have been amazing. But off the ice, it's like, dude, we're going to grind you for every goddamn dollar. And every it's, damn dollar. If they, I mean, maybe this is the right tact. Maybe the Leafs should learn a, little, a few things from this. But they grind <laughs> their stars. They really do yeah. on, you know, on their RFA deal. So it's very, very interesting. I, I, I do want to – sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I just I was looking at their cap friendly. I'm like, yes, but surely they've mortgaged the future. Nope, they have almost all their picks. Right. I hate my team. Don Waddell, man, GM of the year every year. Okay, he's fucking awesome. Um, the uh, uh, the the dude. What I do want to talk about here quickly is some Leafs news. Obviously, you heard Spezza resigned Simmons for two years at nine hundred thousand per season. Right. Um, what, thoughts on that? You know, basic kind of thoughts. Um. Uh, uh, the entire Leafs organization should be paying attention to how mad everyone is. Like the the fact that that signing was received poorly is mind blowing to me. It's nine hundred grand. It's isn't isn't league minimum seven fifty now? Yes. Yep. It's hundred and fifty grand over minimum for Wayne Simmons, a guy with all the over a decade of NHL experience. We all agree he looked good prior to the wrist fracture, which he didn't even get because of the type of rough and tumble player he is. He accidentally blocked a shot, I believe, from his own teammate. It wasn't the same after, but he was a spark plug those first few games. Yes, and the team was obviously worse without him. Yes. Those first couple weeks where like, they just they didn't play the same at all. No, And Keith talked about that, and the bench was quieter. And you talk about all the things the Toronto Maple Leafs lack. They do not need less of Wayne Simmons. So I get some of the criticisms like, well, you know, where does he play? And and how does running the same team back make any sense? He's making $600,000 less than he did last year and coming back for two years. There's no problem here. It's mm-hmm. a good deal. It's a good deal. And I tell you what, if it's a shit deal, it doesn't matter. Because it's $900,000. You can bury that. You can bury the entire thing. It's silly. So so you think the Wayne Simmons deal says more about Leafs Nation than it does about Wayne or the Leafs? Well, the the reception to it. No, it's he wants to play here. You're telling me Wayne Simmons couldn't go somewhere else and get more money. It's the National Hockey League. Of course he could. Of course he could. But uh, his priorities are he wants to play at home. And he's got an air similar to Spezza where he feels like it's unfinished business. And that's amazing. And also for anyone who signed a one-year deal with the Leafs this year, I like, for example, Joe Thornton, it, it will be a 
personal shame for him because he never got to play in front of a packed barn as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's a shame. That is a shame. That's a shame. And now Simmons will get to do that. I don't know when, but sometime in the future, he'll get to do that. Spets has already done it. He'll get to do it again. Uh, I think that's really cool. Uh, everyone is getting, they're getting too ahead of themselves. Someone uh, tweeted something. They used my formula for, um, remember I did that video where I made next year's Leafs out of guys who are already signed? Yep. So mm-hmm. someone used that formula and they tweeted out the team and everyone's like, this team is dog shit. And I'm like, guys, there's an entire off season to get through first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Relax. Matthews, Robertson, Marner on the first line, Patan, Tavares, Nylander, Mikheyev, Spezza, Simmons, Engvall, Brooks, Anderson. That's your Joey order. Anderson. Joey yeah. Anderson. Yeah. And the left and wing is $10 million dollars in cap space. Yeah, and that he used the same thing that I did, which is where we assume Kerfoot will be taken by Seattle. The defense is virtually the same. Mm-hmm. The goaltending is Campbell and Hutchinson. What? They can't have Hutchinson as the backup. They won't. Chill. <laughs> there, there's an entire. We have until October, guys. Yeah, but you, this you did season? this. You literally did this to the you people. Did. But then I you said over and over again, you're no. no. worse. And no. that video no. is like 30 minutes long. I watched every second of it. It's about you making a roster out of the Leafs that are currently signed. So why you had it on in the background. Jesse, you had this it is on Steve in the background fault. then. What, were you folding laundry? What, why, you can't other, for why, can't, why are you getting mad at other people for doing it and reacting to the roster? I you made a whole video. I want. You made a whole video where you made the team and then reacted to it. Stop getting mad at other people for doing the same thing. I said they're going to the point of this exercise is to identify weaknesses. And if you looked at the left wing and said, that's dog shit, you're right. That's why they're going to address it. I hope that Nick Robertson, by the way, has the same season his brother had in Dallas because he was on the all rookie team and uh, Jason Robertson. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that we get a little of that from Nick. And it looks like we could. Looks like we could. Right. Right. I just hope he has a little bit of luck, like a little bit of health luck for God's yeah, sake. No kidding. Now, um, one of the things we did find out from Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic uh, today, other than there's a potential Kale McCarr offer sheet and the Avs and Philly or sorry, Philadelphia are in. Yeah, that I, I'll believe that when I see it. Yep. Philly and the Avs are in on uh, Seth Jones, which isn't totally surprising. Um I uh, I did find out too, we did find out too that the Leafs have reached out to Claude Lemieux, who is um, Frederick Anderson's agent, and oh. that there is some mutual interest. Like, would you come back? And and the answer is yes, but we don't know if they'd be able to find a number. I'm so not going to lie, I'm with, shocked. Yeah, I am too. I am too. So my question is, and I think that's the Leafs keeping every door open. What's an acceptable amount of money to bring Freddie Anderson back at? Money in term. Oh, boy. <sighs> Is it $2 million over two years? $2 million, two Ooh, million per? Well, that's a two, huge pay cut. Two times two. Uh, they he, know how healthy or not healthy he is, right? So, but they also know how good he can be. The team you can trust the most with a Freddie Anderson contract is the Leafs. So I will say that. Um, he is nothing but question marks at this point. So if the Leafs brought him back, I would have confidence that they're at least correct about his health. 
like, you know, say what you want about their complete lack of success in almost everything else. Um, they've, they've had some pretty, pretty good rehab projects, guys who have recovered from injuries quicker than usual guys who have rehabil- uh, rehabilitated their entire careers. Take a Tyler Ennis, for example. So, you know, I, I would be, I'd be encouraged by that, but you have this, there's an excuse built into every transaction they make. They're top heavy, right? Mm -hmm. And to have Jack Campbell be your starter, which I think he more than proved he's capable of to have him be your starter is a situation you couldn't, you couldn't ask for. You couldn't ask for a better situation than having a starting, a quality starting NHL goaltender for the same price as Ilya Mikheyev at 1.65. So you're going to now bring back Freddie Anderson. You're going to force that player to be backup. I like you bring Anderson back. He's the starter, right? Freddie Anderson is a starting goaltender. No, well, no, not anymore. Well, then you don't bring him back. Well, no, that's, that's possible. No, no, Steve, that's not true. You can say to him, listen, Jack Campbell is the starter. Yeah. If Anderson is willing to split the net with Campbell, we have an agreement. And if he wants to negotiate for more than Campbell, absolutely. You have a, you've had a longer career. You've proven more than him. But your stock took a hit. You're not getting no $5 million. And you're probably not going to get term. I think anything longer than three years is it, three years is the max for me. Three years sounds long. Can I read you something from the article? Three Please. times three is... Interesting. But yeah, sorry, Jesse. Uh, It is nevertheless revealing that the conversation happened and that Lemieux told the Leafs that Anderson is absolutely comfortable coming back and sharing the net with Campbell. Hmm. That's from his agent. That would be a wonderful situation. And tell you what, you want to share the net? Here's $3 million. I would give him two. Three million is too much. You can't afford, you can't afford that. I don't think you can afford to spend $5 million on your goaltending. I don't, I don't know that they can afford $3 million for backup. What if Freddie goes, here's, here's what could be a wonderful financial decision for him. Mm -hmm. What if he goes, okay, I spent a lot of money this season with my performance and with injury trouble. No one has any friggin' money anyway, and no one has any cap space anyway. Why don't I sign in Toronto for a year, maybe two at a low price Say two and a half. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll meet in the middle. Two and a half. And then once you prove, hey, I can still do this, you go and you make your money. When the right. cap goes up a little, or at very least, if the cap stays stagnant, people have And you're more good. Money. But if you're a good goalie, you, there's money for you. Absolutely. But like, he's just an enormous question mark. Anyone giving him term after this past season but, is, uh, I, 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 that's, His that's, AHL that's rehab decision. starts. The rehab starts were terrifying. Anybody that watched those Marley's games, no, 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 no. There, there's not an asterisk on those. They were awful. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. He tried to. He tried to be ready for the playoffs, and he wasn't ready. I don't care. As good as your last game, I, I, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't if see. If he's it. willing to split the net with Jack and take a massive haircut, welcome back, Freddie. With and, and like it's at the three million dollar number, it's four point six total on your goaltending. Like I think that's very reasonable when you have oh, a team yeah. like Montreal who's spending thirteen million on two goalies. I agree with that. I just think that with with the other goaltending candidates available, I think you can spend that three million better. I was 
guys, I'm I'm telling you, go back and watch those Marlies games. Yeah, yeah but who who, who are you getting for three million dollars out of the UFA pool? You're not getting I'm group hour. Sure. Like, well, I don't think you're going to get You're in like, okay, like Big Save Dave is a name I was looking at as a guy who could split the net with Campbell. He's not as good. Big Save Dave healthy, I don't think is as good. No, let me run down the UFA uh, goalies just real quick. Grubauer, Smith, Reimer, Brian Elliott. Well, here, here, here. here. Go slower, go slower, go slower. (laughs) Start start over, go slower. Uh, Philip Grubauer. Too much. Mike Smith. Too much. James Reimer. Uh, interesting. Brian Elliott. No. Tuka Rask, not going to be a UFA. Too much. Chris Drieger. Mm, interesting. Pecorino. Might be too much. Too no. much. Jonathan Bernier. Interesting. Yaroslav Halak. Interesting. Interesting. Linus Allmark. Very interesting. Probably, uh, he'll probably get too much. More than but, three mil. I'd give him four. I'd spend five million if it's Linus uh, Allmark. I, I bet he's, he's going to get, you, I think he's going to get five. So then okay. it's six six point six on your goalies total. That's not bad. That's not bad. Now, Allmark though, Allmark in a bunch of those names, they're not signing to split the net with Jack Campbell. And I don't think making Jack Campbell your backup again makes any sense. I I think you can. I think it's more. I think they're going to be chasing dollars. I think you can say to them. Listen, do you want to make this money or not? Yeah, but it's, if you the if you give, economy, nobody's got the money to sign you. What do you want to do? If you give Allmark, let's say, five million bucks, though, mm-hmm. he's coming in assuming he's going to be your starter. No, you have the earn conversation. It. You have to earn that. But uh, no, what the? F- I'm an f- unrestricted free agent. I don't have to earn shit. I'll okay, go somewhere go, else. Then go play in Buffalo again. Enjoy yourself. I, okay, well, I'm not going to go to Buffalo, <laughs> and if I do, I'm going to take all the money from them. I'm going to go somewhere else, and I'm going to be their starter. Okay. That's how unrestricted free agency works. Like, if if I'm one of the top guys, I have the position of power here. You're not telling me how this is going to be. That's fair. If you tell me how it's going to be, then I don't sign with you. Okay. Oh, you're going to yep. split the net with Jack Campbell? What the? Do you did you see how good I was on the goddamn Sabers? And what I would say is, did you see how good Jack Campbell was? Yeah. Right. Sounds like you got a goalie already. Sounds like you got a good goalie already. Why don't you play him? <laughs> well, why don't you play? Why don't you play thirty-five games and we'll see where that gets us? No. Okay. <laughs> well, you got to remember, you're dealing. You're pretty you're, good. You're negotiating with someone who's. You're like, assuming that this play. is going to be a huge buying market, which you've said on previous shows it's not. No, you've but said the top Steven, you guys said get that. money. Linus Olmark is not a top guy. He's one of the top free agents this soft season. He He's was the only goalie when I was running down the list, and there's four more on the list I wanted to give you guys, but oh, he was sorry. the only one that sparked your ears. Yeah, so that's interesting. Okay. Who else and the, the last couple were uh, Laurent Brassois. Brassois. No. no. Uh, Peter Morazic. Maybe. Too much. Devin Dubes. No. And Antiranta. Inter- that's interesting. And then the next pool is like the Riddich and the McElhaney. Can, can you keep Antiranta healthy? That's my key. Well, there's a guy you could sign for value if you wanted to up. Like, if let's say you're going, you're doing a big press for a big defenseman, the Leafs could do that. And they go try to get Dougie Hamilton. He's like, I got a million and a half bucks to spend. Okay, Auntie, come here. We've got a great medical staff. Kick some ass in Toronto and go make your money in free agency next year. I, I promise this is related to the goalie conversation. <laughs> the, the, the having so much money wrapped up in three guys. I'm leaving Nylander out of the conversation. Having so much money wrapped up in three guys, you leave so much up to luck. Mm-hmm. 
John Tavares getting hurt was bad luck. Mm-hmm. But it bad luck happens. It's hockey. So there's some bad luck. Also, if you want to go cheap in net, you're relying on luck. Jack Campbell's a little bit of luck. I'm sure it was due diligence, but I, I don't think anybody knew he was this good. You thought he was going to win 11 straight games? Are you sure? No, nobody thought that. Nobody thought that, right? So now you want to sign another guy to like, you know, let's say it's Ranta. So you're relying on you're going to be the team after over half a decade. He's finally, this is where he's going to be healthy. You know what I mean? Well, that's why you say to him, 30 games. You get 30 games. Ranta? Oh, boy. And now, yeah. and now you're giving 50 to Campbell. Which is fine. I hope so. At a certain point, you gotta, you, you do have to take a risk. And the Leafs have to decide where their money's going to go. You can't have it all, right? Montreal decided, we're the goalie team. We got goalies. Leafs decided two seasons ago, we're the forwards team. We got forwards. Oof. So you do have to find, you have to find value somewhere else. Jack Campbell gives you a lot of value for the contract. He does. You need to figure out what to do with that defense to make it even better than it was last year. And it was very, very good. It was much better, much improved. And then, and then you got to find some value in goaltending. I don't think I, going out and here's the thing. Linus Olmark to me is, I mean, maybe he gets obnoxious money. Fine. But you got to find value buys. Linus Olmark to me is a four or $5 million goalie that you're like, okay, well you split the net with Campbell. Fine. That's, that's, that's worth it. They get him. Yes. A hundred percent. But if, if not, then you have to go after guys like Ranta because you can't go and spend $3 million end term on a guy like Freddie Anderson. You just cannot do that. Or you, you sign a guy, that. you sign a guy knowing you're going to lose Jack Hamill next year. Yeah. Well then it's Linus Olmark. Right. Or Freddie for five or years or Freddie. I, I cannot say, I, I, I cannot wait to see how Kyle Dubas gets me re excited about this team. It's got some work to do because even the good scenarios lead to bad scenarios. Like, so, Oh, we get a good goalie. We lose Jack Campbell. Like give me something, man. Give me a reason. Give me a reason for the love of God. We have got to quickly mention a couple things here. First off, Rick Westhead tweeted this yesterday. Why does it matter that the NHL pledges to ensure the unredacted findings of an investigation into the Blackhawks are into Blackhawks management are public people move on and public pressure fades. He's right. You need to hold leagues accountable for promises like 2019 NHL player or NHL pledge for a new abuse hotline for players. A source close to Akeem Aliou told me today that some 18 months later, they are still waiting for the results of the NHL's investigation into his racial abuse and career derailment. Now, beyond that, and this is crazy, um, there was a another uh, this is uh, I'm just bringing up the tweets here. So excuse me for a second. Uh, Ben Mazilis, you guys, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. He said, I can confirm this is true. The NHL attorney generals told me they were completing the investigation over a year ago and have been non-responsive since that time. They haven't even scheduled interviews with key witnesses. We've told them about very disappointing conduct. So this Blackhawks thing, you do, if you're in a PR situation, that's a nightmare, like the NHL and the Blackhawks are right now, play for time. Playing for time is the best uh, PR strategy here because at the end of the day, we all love hockey and uh, we like hockey and we want to watch hockey. 
And so public pressure on these things does fade. The only reason the Blackhawks hired anyone is because of public pressure in the first place. So if you take as long as you possibly can, people sort of forget about it, even in the days of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, all of it. So don't be surprised if they play for time on this one. Just throwing that out there. It's important. Games always take over every every news cycle, mm-hmm. right? When it when it comes to sports. And I think the Blackhawks are just trying to make it to, I would say, American Thanksgiving. That's what that's where they're trying to make it. It's up to the public. Mm. Like unfortunately, it's up to the public. I I like I have I have the utmost respect for the people who cover the sport. And you know, you saw some of the people who were on that press conference with Bill Daly and Gary Bettman, like titans, titans of hockey journalism. But our six out of the first seven questions in that press conference about the Blackhawks, if it's not for public pressure, I don't know. Are any of them? I don't know. Good question. It's a very very good question. So we got to keep this up. We do. Um, And lastly, ESPN has announced their announced staff. Uh, Notable names include uh, Steve, your co-worker, Cassie Campbell-Pascal, as well as, to nobody's surprise, Bray Ferraro as well. And uh, of course... No, I'm joking. (laughs) And then longtime friends of the show, uh, Greg Wyshynski is also, but he's been a part of ESPN's hockey coverage for a long, long time now. He gets Um, to keep his job. Yeah, so there's uh, I mean... (laughs) He's still there, yay! (laughs) So often in this business, it's, uh, well, I have a sad tweet to say. Uh, Rick, Rick DiPietro will be on, on this. Hillary Knight will be a part of this. Emily Kaplan, who is already with ESPN. Leah Hextall, who was a former Sportsnet. Uh, former player Brian Boucher. Ryan Callahan. Um, there's some really interesting names here. And I, the, the name that we need, do definitely need to talk about is Mark Messier. <sighs> Gretzky got TNT. Messier. ESPN. What is the best cookie shop in Bristol, Connecticut? That's a good question. Because we need to know, and we need to order him cookies from that cookie shop and ask him to take a picture with those cookies above his head. That's Listen, I'm interested because ESPN and TNT, they're, they're going for, for big fish when, when it comes to names. Big, big fish uh, with Messier and Gretzky. And those guys are just not known for being good on a mic. You know, uh, Messier seems to turn it on for like commercials and stuff. Uh, like, you know, he's entertaining enough in those Lay's commercials, but like, can you be entertaining on an, a panel every intermission? I'm, I'm fascinated to see it. It's, it's not that they weren't good hockey players. We all agree they were great hockey players. Can you entertain me? Can you, like, I don't know if Bieksa ever finished uh, top 50 in Norris voting, but he's entertaining. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how they do. Jesse, thoughts? I'm going to be watching. That's for sure. Yeah. If I have the choice of the American coverage or the Canadian coverage, I might pick the American ones just based on my interest in seeing how they handle it as opposed to what I've seen up here. You know, what something... Can you watch a game with Beef Stangle? <laughs> I hope so. But Why like something something different definitely uh, perks my interest. Just like an, an option for hockey. Because I feel like it's been lacking for so long. Just Because uh, I've never been uh, that big of a watcher of the NBC coverage. So I'm excited to see what the biggest sports network 
I guess in the world at this point um, can do with hockey. And I think it's going to be a great opportunity to grow the game to a, an American audience who's kind of disappeared from hockey for a long time. And it's kind of dropped out of the four, fourth most important professional sport in the country, especially when like in markets, uh, college football will be bigger than hockey and that, yes. that sort of yeah. stuff. So it's, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm really excited for the fall to see how those panels go. Did either of you guys watch the entire segment of um, Stephen A. Smith with P.K. Subban? No. No. Oh, I haven't good? gotten around to it either. No. Oh. Apparently one of them called him Cole Caulfield, Ooh. which is not is that, their name. As a joke? I don't know. I don't know. I I missed it. <laughs> I don't know. I saw people talk about it, and all I saw was, I uh, got his name wrong, but I didn't see huh. anyone go like, this is freaking great. Uh, I don't know. I, I got to get around to watching it. Well, I'm uh, I'm curious too. Are you able to get that in Canada? That coverage? The Stephen A. Yeah, the Stephen A. Smith show, I believe, is not available because you can't get ESPN Plus up here. I don't okay. think it's internet. I think it's just an American thing. So, okay. you couldn't directly watch it legally. I don't think. Interesting. Well, we'll have to rely on Twitter for that. Anyway, with that, guys, we got to wrap up the show. We got to we got to close it out because we're over time. Unless Jesse has a. Pertinent press conference question he must get to. Steve is clearly not paying attention. Sorry. He's already tuned us out. He's got TikTok open. No, I was li- sorry. <laughs> Are we out of time completely? Well, like, pretty uh, much. Yeah. Okay. We're wrapping early today. Well, we, it's a one hour show on Friday. So, yes. Today's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, man. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, like, my God. Are, we, are you it's serious? Not even, it's not Woo! even 3.30 and we're rushing out of here and we've Woo! done like an hour. Sorry. Like, off the top of the show, you're like, all right, we got to be quick. And I was Friday? like... It yeah, was, you know what like, it was? I did, yeah, I thought it was because um because tomorrow's the long weekend, right? So I was like, no. I mentally <laughs> made it Friday. Friday. Yeah, okay. All right, Adam. As yeah. someone who just found out you're two days away from the weekend, mm-hmm. how sad are you right now? I'm not because my vacation starts after this show, so that's probably why. <laughs> okay. uh, so you think it's Friday? Cause... I thought it was Friday because I'm yeah. thinking like, oh, I'm getting out of town or whatever. <laughs> You gotta pack everything. Jesus. I forgot. It's a yeah. It's the full show. We're like we have another yeah, so funny minutes to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I apologize. I opened something accidentally. On it's my okay, phone. but it's no, okay. that's um, that's really funny, man. Well, so what do you want to do with the rest of the show? Do we well, get through everything that you I want? Got, to, I or? got something. If we got time, oh, I got something. Let's do that's it. That's what I was asking. <laughs> okay, so this is. I think this will be fun. Adam, bless you. Today, uh, really the tired, National man. Hockey League announced that content creator Josh Richards will serve as special advisor to the NHL as a voice of the fans with the goal of growing the league's youth audience. In this new advisory role, Richards will make appearances at NHL marquee events and share creative ideas regarding future NHL events and initiatives as part of the, the league's fan development efforts for the next generation. Who is this? Josh Richards. Now, if you don't know Josh Richards, uh, many people probably are not familiar with him unless you are are, uh, of a Gen Z and you are much younger. He is a TikTok star. Verified. Verified TikTok star. He is from Toronto, grew Uh up as a Leafs fan. And on Thursday, July 1st, not uh, tomorrow, which will be not Saturday because today is not (laughs) Friday, uh, Josh Richards will be speaking with Commissioner Gary Bettman. They'll be having a one-on-one conversation that will be available across the NHL social and digital channels. So I'm going to share my screen here. And I want you guys just to 
uh, take a look at Joshua's uh, TikTok profile and give your thoughts on how you think this uh, fan development partnership will go and what you think of his TikToks and Josh Richards himself. So, so Josh is the NHL's Drake. Kind of. Uh, that's a good way to... Like a brand ambassador. I So right away, I was like, oh, no, I'm an old... because because this guy so he's here to recruit a younger audience for the nhl Mm -hmm. which they need and he's got 25.3 million followers and i've never heard of him which to me tells me i am old yep i'm old like it's it's nothing against this this guy why would i watch him boy he is handsome he sure is okay he's uh oh and he's doing his can we turn the volume up i want to know what he's mouthing to uh i don't know if i could can you guys hear that yeah yes well no actually sorry i heard him for a second yeah he's got a podcast with dave portnoy and i know a lot of people are not digging that so i gotta i gotta learn this because i okay all right yeah i can't i can't hear him then yeah i can't hear anything so so he so what does he do does he do dances what's his thing jesse like what's his he he does tiktoks okay he he dances he does content with uh portnoy uh he is he is josh richards So, so much of tiktok is i'm hot and i'm young and like let's be honest like there's certain dance videos that come up i'm like okay so you're an attractive person who's terrible at dancing and that's fine, but like, let's just call it what it is, right? I want to know who decided that the dances were all elbows. Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not saying it's him. He does a lot of his go-to is the points, but yeah. everyone is doing friggin' this, and I don't get it. God, I'm so old. Yeah. Like, do you understand how he's not here to bring me into the fold? You're already in. Yeah, but like, he's not here to. Even if yeah. I was out, he's not here to. No one our age is going to be like, you know what? Uh, this Josh Richards guy told me to watch Tampa. Like, it's none of us. Mm-hmm. It's none of us. And all the complaints I saw, it was from no one that is the uh, of the age of the fans that they're trying to recruit. Look at this magnificent friggin'. <laughs> he's a good looking boy. Here's the deal, man. I'm not. I I just like. I I don't. Uh, I, I guess I guess the fun thing would be to hate on this guy, and I just can't. Like the reason is like whatever. Like if 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 people like him, uh, I know that like I, I work at a top forty radio station. I don't love every song that we play, but I realize that there's an audience that does. So I don't take a shit all over it every time we open the microphone, and I don't like it. Exactly. There's plenty of terrible music out there that we're playing consistently, but the reality is somebody really likes that and really connects with that. And so sometimes you just look at it and go, that's eh, not for me, right? Not for me. Okay. And it's not supposed to be. But here's what I would like. If he's successful, that's fucking awesome for the game. That's great. Because this, I mean, we had Sean Fitzgerald on eons ago. It was actually only two years ago. But eons ago, before the pandemic, right when Don Cherry was fired, he was talking about before the lights go out. Remember how he was talking about how hockey registration is down, even in yep. Canada. And, and we've got a huge demographic issue. And we do. We do. Mm-hmm. So if this guy can get young people interested, if he can help pull this fucking old fart game into the mainstream, oh, baby, I'm in for it. Josh, I'm going to go on and do elbow dances with you, and I will also get <laughs> highlights in my hair. Like, please, God, please make it easy. And, and that's the NBA. The NBA is like, it's, the NBA is mainstream culture. The NHL is like, well, we're, no, we're our own thing. Yeah, you're, you're so your own thing that no one fucking gets it. No one understands. 
And, it, you know, they, Gary Bettman said in his press conference yesterday, you know, there's the big four sports and uh, we're one of them. I'm like, no, you're fucking no. not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. In, 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 the, in, the, uh, in Canada, you are. You're number one. And then basketball, baseball, number two, three. And then you've got uh, curling, probably. You know how many different brands of football and basketball are bigger than the NHL? <laughs> like, oh yeah. yeah, it's 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 ba- it's football and basketball duking it out for number one baseball, and then and then the NCAA something basketball or football nipping at their heels. Here's what I think would be really dumb: is if the NHL hires this guy and they just go, "All right, now we got the youths." Like, no, it it can't. You can't just hire a, a guy. I don't care what he does, but you can't just hire one person and be like, all right, our job is done. It's up to him now to recruit the youths because then you're just some old guy barking orders at a young guy, giving him an old directive for young people. And that's not going to work. You've got to bring in other people. There's got to be representation there and it can't be a young guy reading an old script. Yeah. I'm excited to watch the interview with Batman tomorrow. Like, I think that's going to be a starting point for where this goes, because it could be a lot of fun. And I think it's a very smart move to hire a TikToker for your yeah. league. Like, hey, Gary, why not, why not get a Toronto-born hockey fan who has 25 million followers on TikTok to represent your league? That's kind of fun. There, listen, you're, you can criticize him. You can criticize the decision. Just make sure it's not because you're old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like make sure your criticism is based in something other than I'm old and I don't get it. I hope he goes, right. Gary, do you wheel, bro? Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope he asks questions like that. <laughs> Just make him uncomfortable. That would be great. <sighs> yeah. Um, <laughs> then I'm in on this guy. I'm following him. I'm going to do all the dances. I want him to ask, like, I want him to ask those style questions, but for Batman to be authentically Batman. And yes. go, well, there are many d- types of wheels to get around. And, you know, there are large tires and plastic wheels. And there are all kinds of ways to get around. And I don't prefer any of them. They're all equally good. I hope I hope he, he asked him, he's like, Batman, you know, what's your, what's your game like? How many how many biddies you pulling at the bar? You know, <laughs> biddies? <laughs> biddies. Yo, Gary, what, you talking to any hens right now? Like, just oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> it would just be funny to see that. I, I don't know. I What is he going to ask him? And this is the thing. Like, I, Steve, I've met Steve Mayer, the guy who's like one of the heads of marketing at the NHL. And like, you know, nice guy and everything. I, it's, it's tough because you are really bridging a gap here. There is a huge, huge, and this goes for media companies too. We're all run by people that have no idea what the hell's going on in terms of these TikTok things. Like you think you feel out of touch. Imagine your dad who runs right. the media company looks at that. What the, f- he grew up on Led Zeppelin. He doesn't know what the fuck this is. Like, this is crazy. And so you, you have to, like, there is a huge schism, chasm, whatever you want to call it right now. And, and I'm, I'm very curious to see how this goes. This could be, this Josh Richards thing, could be the most fun thing about the NHL next season. This could be a great story. I'm a member of like the NHL's media list kind of thing. Like I can get the Zoom invites and all that stuff. So if if, uh, if a media availability goes out for Josh Richards and we can get him on the show, he's coming on. Let's get him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put to. in a request. So we'll see. I want to talk to him. I've always wondered with those guys too. Like Steve, you can name the first video that truly went viral for you, right? Uh, y- yes. Yeah. Yes, I can. What was that? 
Well, it's so the reason I took long to say, yeah, is there are like, I had a video hit like 20,000 back in like 2008. And to That's, me, that, to that me, that was, was viral, viral back then. That was viral back then. So what would that have been? It was, uh, it was, um, I think it was before the trade deadline and it was basically me writing like a, an out loud love letter to Matt Sundin because that was the year that the Leafs were allegedly trying to trade him and he blocked it. That's how long, by the way, Steve's been doing these. With jo- doing- Josh Richard, he probably was not born. No, like, Steve- I, I, like, I don't even know. <laughs> Steve's like- been doing LFR videos since Sundin was a Leaf. And, uh, I, yo, and like, think about that. Right. And wow. then, and people yeah. are like, I just don't understand why he's so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it with that. Steve Dangle. Why, why doesn't he have more patience? I don't get it. <laughs> and like, and like anyone who says I'm negative about the Leafs, you can go right. back. And I was like, Positive why is everyone complaining about a third for Jamal Mayers? He's gritty. He'll be great on the third. <laughs> like I remember actively defending that trade. They traded, I think it was a third to the St. Louis Blues for Jamal Mayers. And that was 2007, I think, eight, mm-hmm. possibly. Mm-hmm. Like, and this kid was like six years old. <laughs> Maybe. He might have been six. Like, I don't, he might not have started elementary school yet. I don't know. So having, like, knowing nothing about him, and then you just pulling up his TikTok where he does, like, little shakes the dicey dance. Like, I... <laughs> It's it doesn't appeal to me and it's not meant to. Boy, right. What happened to us? We used to be cool, man. We were never cool. No. <laughs> but it like I just I don't know. It sucks. It's being in your being in your early to mid whatever the hell age I am, 30s is brutal because no older adult looks at you like you're anything. Mm-hmm. And all the kids are like beat it old man. So I'm just sort of we all just huddle in our own little age group and you know to to keep out of the cold and we we don't know what to do with ourselves in the world. We're lost. We're lost. It's so difficult for you, Steve. It is. <laughs> I hope all the 33-year-olds are okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is it's listen man. Listen, I'm never going to be cool to that kid. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, maybe. I'm but sure he's cool to a bunch of kids. I yeah. guarantee he's heard of you. He grew up in Toronto. Uh, I, I, I guarantee he's seen an LFR. He's a Leafs fan. Yeah, might have seen it and hated it. Who knows? It doesn't matter. He's heard of you. Maybe. Maybe. Should we do the press conference? Sure. I don't know, Adam. Do you have time? It's Friday. No, we have time. We have time. Jesus. <laughs> Yo, um, okay, I, okay. Can I just say this? Yeah. It's my first first day off in six months, and I'm really tired. And I don't. I, I, I okay. So just to give you an idea, I slept yesterday for two hours during the day, and at eight thirty, I was like, I need to go to bed. I was really like, I, I don't know what's <laughs> wrong bad. with me. I can't. I it can't get like motivated for anything. Yeah. Oh no, I can't get motivated for anything. I'm like irritable because there's like a, there's so much go. I don't know what's going on. So anyway, what I'm gonna do is hang with my daughter. And I'm really pumped about that. And that's all I'm going to do. And you made a TikTok dance instead. I could. All elbows. And uh, I'm going to bring my podcast gear up to the cottage that I'm going to. And I'm going to podcast from there. So there. Fun. That's what I'm doing. Cool. Can, can you do it outside? Is it reasonable enough where we could get a lake shot in the background? We could. It's a bit. It's on a bit of a, uh, a slope down. But we could get the lake shot in the background. It's just like it'll be boiling hot because the, the deck gets the sun. So uh, if you want to see me sweat, which is most episodes... Because look at this, um, just sweat harder, then yeah, sure, we can do that. Adam, throw some sand at your face. 
Am I right? <laughs> you know how self-conscious I I like wiped my face down before the the last watch a Stanley Cup final game with Steve Dangle. Is that because of me? What? Well, it was because you guys, of you. I, I've I've lost in this conversation. So there's this picture of Steve at the 2014 draft that I've always like. given hell for because he is so sweaty in it, Jesse. Like the sweatiest I've ever seen the man. And okay. so I used to rip him on the podcast in the early days and be like, Steve, could you have rolled in some sand or something before that picture was taken? Like to dry my like, face off. Just dry them off. Dry just, their faces. Just you know, just get, sand. get some wood wood chips to just. Rub it on his face. Soak some of that moisture up. And uh, anyway, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we were mulch. just kidding around. But yeah, it is. It is the sweatiest picture I've ever seen of my good friend Steve. He also I called guess. me a Guido, Jesse. Can you believe this? Oh, I a, never believe, did. Can you believe that he did that? Wow. I'm not, not going to go there. Wow. No, I'm going to choose wow. to stay out of this conversation. Wow. He called me every Italian slur in the book, yes. and me. And Silvio Dante and all the rest of the crew went, oh, and anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. All right. Sorry, this Friday shows off the, off the wall. It's this, it's yeah, a, it's this Friday, Friday show. show. Keeping it tight to an hour, 60 yeah. minutes in and out. <laughs> sorry. We got it. All right. All right. Um, I wanted to shout out Peter Holland. Uh, Peter Holland today graduated from Southern New Hampshire University, former LEAF. Uh, graduated with a 3.93 GPA, good enough for summa cum laude, cum laude and President's List honors. So shout out uh, for X-Leaf for graduating. Steve, what do you think uh, Mike Babcock would say about that? Uh, well, he's going to go to Arizona and he's going to make me look like an absolute dick in his first game back. How's that? <laughs> For anybody that doesn't remember, I think Peter Holland scored the shootout game winner against the Leafs his first game back after Babcock refused to play him. That's um that I wanna <laughs> I gotta thank him because he gave me a leg up with Sportsnet because I was doing those pregame videos and my whole video prior to the game was about okay, so the Leafs traded Peter Holland to the Coyotes last week. How is he going to screw us tonight? How's it gonna happen? Is he gonna score a goal? Is he gonna get the OT winner, the shootout winner? How's it gonna happen? Mm-hmm. And that was before the game even happened. And then the shootout comes. I think he was the third shooter and he buried the team camera immediately laser focused on Babcock. And they played the video again and they were like, wow, this person, he got it right. Good for him. And uh, I almost missed the Peter Holland announcement today um, because I am blocked and I'm not sure why Peter Holland blocked by it? Holland. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what I said. It's Peter Holland 13 or something? Yeah. No, I don't know. And he's like one of my favorite <laughs> interviews from Junior. So it so makes funny. me sad. I hope I didn't offend him in any way. Well, he was, um, he, uh, he, I interviewed him. No, he isn't going. I interviewed him at BT. He's one of the nicest guys on the Leafs, at that, especially in the shittiest, time, darkest time to be a Leaf fan. Extremely and nice. uh, did a ton of, of like every charitable event for the Leafs. He was there every single time and he was up at like you know i think that his contract with the lease was expiring and he still came into bt on behalf of the Leafs to do something charitable like he was the Leafs weren't in the playoffs it was like may he wasn't a player for them anymore and still came in at 5 30 in the morning to come on and talk to fucking dickhead me at six o'clock in the morning like who cares like it and he still did it so anyway, I, I, I have full respect for uh, Pete Holland. I would love to know why Peter Holland blocked you. I hope he unblocks me. I like him. He uh, also works apparently at TSN 1050. I did not know that. What? what? Yeah, he does. Uh, sometimes he co-hosts Leaf Lunch on TSN 1050. Didn't oh, know cool. That. 
Oh, maybe it's because I work at Sportsnet. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever, uh, whatever it was. I'm sorry, Pete. This question is from Stinkface M on Twitter. It's a great name. I want you guys to predict to each of you who gets the Stanley Cup for each team after the captain. Who on the team would you give it to? If like, you're you're the captain of the Lightning. Mm. Uh, so Steven Stamkos, or you're the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Shea Weber. So you get the cup. Who are you handing it to next? Adam Wilde. Easy for me. Goalies. Carey Price, Andre Vasilevsky. They're the ones who got you there. Although, I mean, listen, if, if, if it were me picking, I would really, like, I know what they'll do because they they, it always goes goalies first because that's a tough gig. But, like, I would love to see Shea Weber give it to Deneau. I would love to see um uh Stamkos give it to Braden Boy. But I think it'll be the goalies. Uh Stamkos gets it and he either hands it to Hedman, mm. who's sort of been there like they were one and two in the building of that franchise. True. Um or they give it to Kucherov because of the difficult season that he had recovering and also it's really funny. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sitting at home. <laughs> no, no, he was recovering from surgery <laughs> yeah. and also it'll make people mad. Um, so that's that's what I would say. For, for, that's what I would say for Tampa. For Montreal, Shea Weber gets it, and it makes sense for him to give it to Carey Price. So that's who I would pick. And then number three would be Gallagher. Hmm. That's the leadership, right, of the Montreal Canadiens, is it not? Like it's Weber, Price, Gallagher, and yes, mm-hmm. there are other guys, but those are one, two, and three to me in no particular yep. order. Yep. No, I like that, Jesse. Uh, I've had a questions. Do you guys oh, want to watch oh. another farmer? Do you want to listen to another farmers only commercial? Yeah, oh, we do. <laughs> do you have some, one? Someone, okay, someone in the in the replies for the press conference question asked, "Where are all the country girls?" So that was from Cobalt Nine Hundred. So that got me reminded of uh, farmers only commercials. So, so if you want to watch one, I can pull one up. Please do. So, so for context, we well, who's we? I recently discovered. That Farmers Only was a dating app, and you guys showed me. And I was just like, God, this is so incredibly niche. And I sort of trashed it, and a bunch of bunch of people reached out after, and they're like, I met my wife on Farmers Only. I met my girlfriend. I met my long-term partner. I met this, so I met that. Because so- Farmers Only, it, it speaks to a very particular audience. If you're a farmer, it's unlike any other job. Well, and it's tough out in rural. Hey, my name's Cheryl. I only live 56 kilometers away. Are you down for love? Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough out in the boonies. So we have three options here. Okay. We can watch Farmers Only, The Fishing Date. Farmers Only, <laughs> The Riding Date. Or Farmers Only, Let's Go Mudding. Which one do you guys want to watch? Mudding. Oh. Okay, we'll start with mudding, but I might need to hear the fishing date too. <laughs> I also to... want to hear fishing very yeah. badly. Okay, give Bad. me a second here. Give me a second here. I bet they fished on their own property because they have a lot of property. What's that like? I wonder. No, no, they weren't standing. Well, if they were standing, it was in a boat. It's more romantic oh. in a boat. True. Very Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams. Or maybe the first date is on land. Second date is in a boat because mm. that's levels, right? Could be. Like, whoa, you want the first one to be in a boat? What do you take me for? 
Okay, here right. we go. Are you guys this is ready? Mudding? Mudding. Let's go. Okay, mudding. so farmers first of all, we got a guy in a convertible. I don't I don't know about him. What a goof, right? Well, farmers do have a lot a lot of the, a lot of farmers do have a lot of money in assets. Why don't we watch the commercial and see <laughs> no. where it goes? All right. <laughs> I got a story about a, I, I got a story about that. They a, couldn't have okay. found a street with no pylons? Okay, yeah. sorry. Here we go. Tell you what, you're a lucky girl. There's a lot of girls who want to be riding in this car. You just won the date lottery. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Corinthian leather. I have to find myself a country boy. On that note, I was thinking of a vegan option for dinner. And you ought to know, this is my first convert. Enjoy your car. Woohoo! Let's go, buddy! To be lonely at <laughs> that's a great commercial. <laughs> it's, it knows it's, it's poking fun at itself. I love that commercial. Sorry, the uh, the audio was a little out of sync there, but uh, okay. uh, <laughs> so what do you, what's your what's your take on that? that well, they're coming after. Have... Sorry, go ahead, Steve. That wouldn't have been in the top half of like third year projects at school. Um, <laughs> I think it's intentionally that it's supposed to be funny, but like that's there's something snakes in a plane has that that doesn't. What? Like, you know what I mean? Snakes in the plane is intentionally bad. That was, I don't know, something about that made me want to die. I don't Speak, know what. Speaking of which, I thought the, the convertible, convertible might belong to the farmer because when those guys sell their tractor equipment, they're flush with like hundreds of thousands of dollars cash. Nope. And uh, my, uh, my cousin is an Acura dealership salesperson. Mm. And he said that this guy walks in, he's about 50 years old. And decided that he was going to sell a tractor and continue farming or whatever. But he just sold one. He had $350,000 in cash and he just dropped it on an NSX, brand new cash. Wow. Just said, cash. Okay. And he drove, just it, having... drove it away and he parks it in his barn. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> like it's, oh my God. Bro. Yeah. 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 It's, yep. it's, it's, like I said, it's a different world. Just a different world. I like, I like the happy the fishing date. Well, I, I just, I just want to say, I really enjoy the happy ending where instead of being in the convertible driving Bluetooth wearing uh, vegan guy, she went with the country boy and you know, he's a country boy because he had a, he had a stripy shirt and a cowboy hat. She had a stripy shirt too. They're stripy shirt lovebirds. They're, they're a match. Maiden farmer heaven. There is nothing. Holy shit! These commercials. Jesse, you have to uh, turn the volume on, my good friend. Fishy, oh. Fishing date. You guys ready? Ready. Something Come. about the lady with the life jacket. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. This is the worst date I've ever been on. Right there. Bet my shoes cost more than your stupid boat does. I nailed it. I am not touching your worm. No more blind dates for me. Something to me. Get off. Get off. Get off. Get off. Whoa. <laughs> Is the other woman okay? Oh, there she is. City folks just don't get it. Shit. <laughs> City folks just don't get it. Yo, you know, okay, did I nail it or what? Did I? So the first commercial, I'm like, convertible. The guy driving is a douchebag. Boom, douchebag. 
what what was the first thing I zeroed in on? Girl in the life jacket. Life jacket. You know she why? Has a life jacket. Because country people don't give a shit about safety. Woo! Let's get out there and drown, everybody. Come on. Hey, do you want to be safe or you want to be cool? I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Farmersonly.com. What? <laughs> the identifier, the primary identifier for the city girl was the life jacket. The secondary one oh, was the shoes. And, the first and thing like we saw the heels was the life jacket. And the jeans. There was a whole ensemble. All secondary. The first thing you saw, I pegged it from the shoreline, Jesse. <laughs> I, we were standing at the shore, and I said, life jacket, city girl. And I nailed it, didn't I? Nailed it right off the bat. Boy, uh, you know what? I will say, I think they're nailing their audience, though. They are. Yeah. Absolutely. This is what you do. Imagine wanting a girl with shoes. <laughs> Couldn't be me. No, I want I want one with boots. Yeah. Imagine a girl with jeans. I know the other one had jeans, but it's not those jeans. You know? Oh god. That love- was not intentionally bad. That was just garbage. <laughs> I think I think that there well because you got to understand there's a difference when you are from the country. City people are fucking ridiculous. Oh, I, they I just, know. They, their values don't square with yours. Hey, Adam, city people, idiots. Oh, okay. <laughs> what you've never heard that? You've oh, I've never heard, heard anyone call someone a idiot. Yes, I have. Yeah, I have. Idiot. Yes, Jesse, do you want to play the last one? You want another one? Yeah. Oh, let's hell play yeah. Okay, okay. Are you give joking me? I think uh, we're give me, give me a second now? to pull it back up. I thought okay, we were done. And then, and then we can wrap it up. Okay. Okay. So, I have, bet- we, have we watched the riding date yet? I don't think so. No. Oh, I bet they're wearing a stupid life jacket, though. Bet they are. Go for a bike date, wear a helmet. Stupid. (laughs) I can't get enough of these commercials. I hope there's a thousand of them. There's quite a few. They've done a great job marketing. I think they're brilliant. Yeah, I'm with you, Jesse. I think they're awesome. Oh, I didn't say they were unsuccessful. (laughs) What? We got to watch an ad to watch an ad? Yeah. Yep. What a boring dystopia. Bo Burnham was right, right. Here we go. About everything. Sorry. All right, she's got high heels. Garbage. Oh no. <laughs> Garbage. Let me get let me guess. He's the problem. Watch. He's the problem, right? <laughs> look at look at him there with his tight ass in those jeans, sitting high. It's clearly him who needs to go. He's the problem. She's okay. the farmer. Can I just say he is the problem? He didn't mention to her, hey, man, uh, like maybe heels on a horse are a bad idea. He's the bad. He's the expert here. He knows how to ride a horse. She doesn't. And he's not telling her to not wear heels on the horse. Mm. Sorry. Continue. Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. I don't even know why you like it here. I've, I've got it. Don't touch me. I know how to ride. Don't touch me. Why are you dating a city girl? I don't know, buddy. Oh, jeez. That's a trick rider. That's amazing. Gentlemen, farmersonly.com. You don't have to be lonely at farmersonly.com. This app rules. Just don't get it. Those are the only five women on the app, Steve. That's all of them. <laughs> so I think I think we overlooked how the dog was talking. Yes. Yeah. Where has he been in the other commercials? <laughs> why are you dating a city? Like where? Why was he <laughs> in the, in the Where's this talking dog been? <laughs> Again, 
the guy is the asshole here. He didn't prepare her heading on to the horse. He did not save her. That woman, by the way, like I hope he's covering her her cab fare home as well as the surgery for her ACL and MCL. How the hell was she still on that horse at the end of it and he didn't help her? That guy's the asshole, everybody. Team Sidious. Also, him clicking the app and then immediately five women on horses run up to him. <laughs> That's How it. did they did they jump the fence? Were they already in there? The oh, app sent God. them. The mm. app sent them. App That's sent them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just showed up. They just showed up. You click the app and women show up. <laughs> you know, any good sign of a of a a sign of a good commercial shoot is when they tell the actors, uh, don't don't worry about the lines, just improvise. Because that's 100%. Don't touch me. <laughs> oh, God. No, I think somebody wrote that, Steve. I don't. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, she's, tried, she's supposed to be the most hateable person in 30 seconds you've ever met in your entire life. Well, then, okay, maybe they rule. Like maybe I think they're, they're really good at this. I yeah, reacted huge I think, to all of them. I think that's where Adam and I are. That's where we agree. <laughs> and just just like it's a good thing saying, Steve came up with though, isn't it, Jesse? <laughs> it is. You're welcome. <laughs> Team Sidious. No, listen. It's just like the the old thing and the TikToker wasn't made for me to enjoy. The the FarmersOnly.com commercials were made for my scorn, not my approval. Is there Jesse? Not today, but are there more? I believe so. The YouTube, that's their like official YouTube channels where they oh, upload can, all. Can we of do their... a farmers only on Friday as well? Amazing. Yeah, you want Friday on only. Friday? I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look and see. Um, yes, I do. They have. Yes, I do. Let me see. Only farmers. No, they got a whole page of videos. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll. There'll be enough. Yes. Yeah, that would be great. That would yeah, be... we've only watched one. I think five total. So yeah, we've got plenty to go through. Yeah, I'm so excited. Summer. <laughs> V excited, V excited for farmersonly.com. Yep, that's it for me. Uh, okay, well, that's it for all of us. We love you, and uh, I'm uh, we're out of here. It's Friday, so it will be Friday when we talk to you next as well. Two Fridays in one week, lucky us, and uh, so we'll see you then. Love you, TGIW. Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.